I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. All right, welcome everybody. We are going to get started here today with a Reddit post, but before we do, I'm going to be a little selfish because I have not seen Linda in a while because she's been on a trip and uh, I just want to, I haven't asked her about it yet. So Linda, how was your trip? Two trips. <laughs> Most of May, I've been gone to, first of all, New Orleans and two weekends of Jazz Fest and a couple of days or so in between uh, at my friend Connie's house. And we always see her family and her friends and do fun stuff in Lafayette. And then we had a week to not rest, but work in between. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Both of us seeing clients. Oh, really? I didn't. Then we went to Alaska together. So I've had 23 days together this month with my bestie. And I have met Connie on a couple occasions and she is amazing. So I'm very jealous. You never feel better than when you've had some time with Connie. I tell you, it's pretty wonderful. Yeah, no doubt. And in Alaska, I think she would say too, our favorite thing was in Skagway. We planned a trip up a mountain into the woods to meet sled dogs and had the most fun. They, they do summer exercise with them on the sled with wheels and it's heavier than the other kind of sled over the snow and ice. And so they really build their muscles and are ready for the new Iditarod season. So did you just watch it or did you actually get on a sled and we were on the sled and pulled us through the woods. I've got a great track where they run them and then we got to love on them and meet them. And then we got to meet the puppies and that was extra fun. I cannot even imagine. You must have just been, I'm picturing you and Connie covered in puppies. Yep. And puppy, puppy kisses. That's funny. Well, I'm glad you had a great time. I missed you, but I'm glad you had a great time and glad you're back. Yeah. I am too. It's always nice to be home. Yeah. Well, while you were gone, uh, we've had some developments and this is for everybody. Uh, we are starting to get folks contacting us to ask to come on to the podcast. And we're really excited about that. Um, we've had a few guests already, but we're now we're starting to get more and more requests coming in. And so Uh, You can anticipate that in the next several months, we're going to have multiple guests from different parts of the country who will come on and and talk with us. But we also would like to have people from around the world, if you're interested, come and talk with us. And to that end, I just, I I was sort of behind the scenes. Linda does not, let's say, engage with technology. Is that (laughs) that fair to say? So uh, she doesn't have much visibility into metrics or, you know, how the site works or things like that. 
So I just wanted to share with her and with everybody how excited I am that we are having an international audience, which is kind of cool. So Linda, uh, here's the countries, right? Obviously United States, Canada, Kenya, Australia, Croatia, South Africa, the UK, Spain, the Russian Federation, New Zealand, Ireland, Netherlands, Mexico, Taiwan, India, China, Sweden, United Arab Emirates, Panama, and Chile. So we have had multiple folks listening from all of those different countries, and it just blows my mind. What I love about that initially is just it shows how similar I think we all are in the issues that we face in our lives, no matter where we live. Right. Right. Exactly. It's universal. And so what we would love to have happen, if you're in one of those countries outside of the United States and you're a listener of our podcast, one, we're just very grateful that you would give us any of your time. Uh, But secondly, we would love for you to come on and talk with us. So if you want to contact us at podcast at coparentacademy.com, we would love to set up a time uh, understanding that time zones are things I'm going to have to Google to figure out, (laughs) you know, how the timing works. Uh, But it would be amazing to get perspectives and for us to learn from you uh, about co-parenting where you are, because, you know, it's hard to learn if you're only ever just talking to each other. So we would love to get other people uh, in and educating us uh, about how co-parenting works where you are. So interesting, huh? Yes. Exciting. Very exciting. That's why I joined the Association of Family Conciliation Court so many years ago. It's because it was wonderful to hear professionals from other uh, countries around the world talk about family law and divorce and separation and remarriage and custody and all that. It's so interesting how we have cultural norms uh, just and we have cultural biases that we don't even understand. And when you talk with someone and they talk about co-parenting where they are, it just it just opens your eyes to a whole yes. different set of factors, you know, circumstances, conditions, uh, ideas. Just it's it's kind of amazing. It is. I'm okay. excited. Yeah, me too. So I'm sure everyone's tired of listening to us talk about our internal stuff. So (laughs) let's get to talking about some co-parenting and we're going to dig into our Reddit post. And this is one that piqued your interest. Um, It's a person who posted who's looking for better terminology than just dad's house and mom's house. And it's a really short post. It says, when it's just me and the kids, I just say, quote, home. I want the kids to have a feeling of ownership in place. Are there any better terms? You know, your other house, quote unquote, sounds awkward. So, Linda, what are your thoughts about how to name dad's house and mom's house when you're talking with your kids? Well, I think my information on it comes from, as with most things, my conversations with children for so many years. And typically, even if the custody plan is 50-50, where they're even like a week at one house and a week at the other, they call one house home and I'll stop them and say, no, which house are you talking about? And it could be 
as simple as one of the parents kept the family home that was the whole family pre-divorce or one parent they feel the most at home with. And many times that's been mother if they're younger or if they're older and especially if they're boys, it could be dad's house. So it's always interesting to me to see what variables cause them to refer to one house as home and then they will identify the other house by mom or dad's house. That's really interesting. The um, I can imagine if you're the parent whose house is not the quote home, uh, it can be hard to process that and to understand that it doesn't mean they don't love you. Right. It just means where they're more comfortable in terms of calling it home. And right. Does that mean that just because they call one of the places home that they don't want to go spend the time at the other house? Oh, good question. I think that falls back to if one of the parents says, oh, now you have to go to mom's house. Right. You know, and makes it seem like a drudgery or a chore. Sometimes it's not even about that. The parent doesn't do that, but it's just a task to get from one place to the other. You know, I always liken it to parents who may feel like that is happening. I'll say, you know, I love to travel, but traveling is a lot of work. It really is. I mean, you're outside your comfort zone where you know where everything is and you can depend on what's in the fridge, but suddenly you're outside all that comfort zone and having to figure out what to do next about everything. And it takes a lot of mental and physical energy. And I'm a grown up who's making that decision to put myself in that situation. Right. And so, so many times we forget that children didn't sign on for that job and as much as they love both parents, it's a chore to have to leave one comfort zone and go to the next one. And I think like with parents who have multiple children, you love both your children. At different times, you may prefer one to the other, depending on what's going on. Um, and you love them. <clears throat> you love them differently because they're different people and you have a different right. relationship with each of them, but it doesn't mean you don't love them and it doesn't mean you don't want to spend time with them. Of course. And uh, I think it's easy, especially in a divorce where your self-esteem takes a hit already, depending on which side of the divorce you were on. I can yeah. imagine it would be really easy to have it be a further hit to your self-esteem. If the child calls the other parents home home and to, possibly respond poorly to that, thus reinforcing the child being uncomfortable or less comfortable at your place. Yes. And especially if, and it happens, especially with teenagers where, and teenage girls, where they will kind of 
turn the knife in the heart by referring to the new step-parent at one house as mom or dad while they're talking to the actual mother or father. And they just do that intentionally. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, that's in my reconciliation sessions. So once again, the parent is already feeling one down. It is, you know, not sure where they stand with the child. And that just makes it harder. So instead of uh, a parent reacting emotionally to that and acting out of uh, sort of the fear that they're not having the relationship that they want, how would you recommend a parent? Let's say there's a a parent who has a eight year old boy who calls mom's house uh, home and dad's house, dad's house. What would you suggest dad do to react to that? To how would how would you recommend that he process that and then act on it, if if anything? That's a great question, and I deal with that in almost every case where that's happening. First of all, there are just some differences typically with male female behavior, you know, like typically girls of whatever age, even little bitties, will nest more than the male person of any age, typically. I know there's variations to that, of course, but I remember when my stepdaughter was just three and we made really sure that her bedroom was all her and we didn't use that room for anything else storing anything or you know whatever even though she was just with us for four nights a month the old-fashioned every other weekend but one day not long after she arrived on a Friday evening I heard some voices down in her bedroom and I thought who could she be talking to and I kind of got close to the door and she was touching every item of furniture, etc., in her room saying, mine, 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 mine. And she had three older sisters at her mother's house and she didn't really have a room that was just hers and probably not that much stuff that was just hers. And I saw how important that was, even at her very young age, that she was claiming the territory. So that's part of it, is no matter how big the space, make sure they have their own individual territory, if at all possible. I know there are some situations where parents are doing good to have a roof over their head. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, for example, a child that age, exactly. Uh, Dad, single, two-bedroom apartment, was using the second bedroom instead of a bedroom 
set up for his son. He was using it as a home office. This was way before we were working at home and as a workout room. So the only bed in the apartment was dad's. And the kid, as he was getting older, was having to sleep with dad. So my advice to that father was, and he could afford it, was to put the other stuff somewhere else and make that the son's bedroom in every way. Right. Right. You have to, can't expect them to feel at home if they don't have a place to call their own. Exactly. In the home. Yeah. And let them help you figure that out. I mean, most of us adults can remember things in our childhood that we got some say so about the decoration of the room. You know, I remember painting, helping my mother paint. I felt like I did it. I'm sure she did most of it, but painting my bedroom furniture antique white. That was back when you <laughs> antiqued furniture. And I loved it. And then she let me get a soft purple curtain and comforter set. And I can picture that like it was yesterday. And it definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't recall anything like that, but then I'm a guy. Exactly. And, and I probably didn't care so much that when I'm trying to reach back and find a memory like that, the thing that pops to my head are my star Wars toys and my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those were the sure. things, not what's on the wall so much as what I was playing with the toys I had available. That's what pops in for me. Interesting. But you did so, have those things <clears throat> available. Right. And that's another thing is if you don't really have, these days with preteen and teenage boys, if you don't have the game system at one house that they have at the other house, that's where they'd rather be. Right. Just saying, because they're right. spending more time on the games than they are with the parent. And, you know, it's not necessarily the case that the parents should change uh, some of their perspective on those things, because that's, the difference between the parents, between the mom and the dad, is part of what helps the child uh, mature and differentiate and have sure. different experiences at different homes. And that's part of you know the, the fact that the dad maybe doesn't nest as much as the mom and has a more masculine home than the mom has. It's more comforting, comforting as a child, but as the like you said, as the boy gets older, he wants to feel more like an individual adult male. Right. And maybe dad's house feels more like, hey, I'm going to a guy's house. This is the house for us guys. And that's part of what that transition is. And if the dad tries to make his house into a replica of mom's house to try to even the score when the child's little, then one, it's, it's going to be inauthentic and the kid's right. going to recognize that. And two, it doesn't allow for that transition that the son would normally be making within an intact family in different sure. ways. Does that make sense? Exactly. Interesting. So conversations with the child about what they would like to see happen in each house as far as basic furniture or any decorations or whatever. And there are a lot of things available out there for children of any age that 
as they progress through the years, the furniture will progress with them if you do this and so, you know, but it's, it's going to be feeling like they have ownership if they got to do part of it or at least choose it. Like I say, I feel like I painted my bedroom set. I'm right. sure I didn't, but I felt ownership in that because I got to have choices. And that's interesting too, because thinking about from the other side, you have a, a daughter who runs into interference on her new make changes at mom's house because, you know, can't nest twice, you know. But if teenage daughter or, you know, daughter who's getting to that age goes to dad's house and he allows her to try to take a little bit of ownership or control over the nesting of his place, right. then she gets to express herself and she doesn't have a lot of conflict there, I guess, unless dad's got a new partner, which gets into right. some of the step family dynamic problems that we've talked about. Right. But it can also be a fun time for if dad does have a girlfriend or a new partner for that person to take the girl shopping for something fun to decorate the space there. So I guess the takeaway that I'm taking away from this conversation is for the adult to not take it personally, to recognize that although we have gotten to a point where we're kind of stable in our personality and temperament and how we view ourselves, our children are changing so quickly as they climb through these developmental stages. And to recognize that it can seesaw back and forth between where they feel more comfortable and what they prefer and to allow them the freedom to do that without taking it personally and to just maybe try to do your best to enjoy the experience of watching them change and grow and mature and to try to, instead of direct what they're doing there or taking offense at it, to take it as an opportunity to observe and learn about your child as they're going through these different developmental stages. Yes. And something else I've noticed parents doing, if they can work really well together and make some decisions about this mom's house, dad's house variance when they're first separating or early on in the process. Uh, for example, here in Oklahoma, we have two rival uh college football teams, OU and OSU. And frequently, even within the same family, there's that rivalry. The house divided. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see you'll see license plates with those two on them. Right. And so I've had one set of parents that did the OU bedroom for the boy at one house and the OSU bedroom for the boy at the other house. And then they could use that kind of code name thing where I'm going to the OU house tomorrow or I'm right. going to the OSU house tomorrow. You know, same thing with I had a girl that really enjoyed the beach, but she liked going skiing too. And so she had, a mountain house and a beach house. Hmm. So interesting. And I love, I was about to tie it back in, but you already did it. You already tied it back with letting the child come up with names that they would like to use. And 
again, to I think the biggest thing is to not take offense. I think right. parents can get so wrapped up in thinking they know how their kids think about them when really we don't. Really, it's not so much about us, I think. Right. It can be a really big competition, and it's fun if you figure out a way to make it individual at each house and make it something that the child is looking forward to. I mean, who wouldn't love to have a beach house and a house in the mountains, you know? Really. No doubt. Well, I mean, doesn't everybody? Yes. Doesn't everybody have one? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up. Is there anything else you think? No, that pretty well covers it. Okay. Well, going to wrap up now today's episode and I'm just excited to have Linda back. I'm sorry that she's back because she has such an amazing whirlwind trip throughout the country, but uh, we're happy to have her back and we look forward to coming up with some guests here in the next few months. Uh, the next couple episodes are going to be Linda and me without guests because we need to schedule those folks and then, you know, get those recorded and produced, but be on the lookout for some fun guests coming up in the next couple months. And we will see y'all next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.